Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Mrs. Tolliver and St. Peregrine. Mary and Louis Wynett live in a large, comfortable, old-fashioned house in Chestnut Hill, Pennsylvania. They have three children, Peggy, 16, Matthew, 14, Harry, 11. Also, very much a member of the family is Mary's mother, Margaret Tolliver, Granny. Granny is devoted to all three of her grandchildren, but her favorite is Peggy. Here they are now. Granny and Peggy with Peggy at the piano in Granny's sitting room. <sighs> Granny, do, do I have to play it again? No, dear. This evening you played it very well. <laughs> Thank you. Do you like the music of it? Oh, I love it. Tell me, who wrote it? Franz Schubert. When did he live? Uh, more than a hundred years ago. And what music did he write? Well, uh, symphonies, operas, masses, chamber music, and lots of songs. And what composers did he particularly admire? Haydn and Beethoven. <laughs> Daddy loves the unfinished symphony. Yes, and I hope you listen to it. Oh, I do. I just love the melodies. Schubert wrote beautiful melodies. Mm -hmm. You know what, Granny? You're different. <laughs> Whatever makes you say that? Well, you... Have so much life in you. You mean for my age? <laughs> no, I mean a lot of people half your age don't have half the interest you have. How do you keep it up? You make me self-conscious. No, no, no. How do you, Granny? Well, I have always believed in the importance of willpower. There is nothing like willpower. Develop your willpower and you master life. Life doesn't master you.
listen to them in there. I've been listening. She's on her favorite subject of willpower. Do you think my old mother is good for our daughter? Well, Mary, I just can't think of her as old. Darling, I, I think it's just wonderful of you to let mother live with us. Oh, she's no trouble. Look at what she's doing for Peggy, adding to her education. Now, I think Granny's an asset to the family. Well, it isn't every husband who would think so. No, I just didn't think it was right after your father died to let her live all alone. She has an active mind. She needs people to talk with. You're very kind, Louis, thinking of your mother-in-law the way you do. Margaret Tolliver's great outside interest was the community club, to which Mary and Louis also belonged. Margaret had been chairman of the speakers' committee. One night, the members of the club held their annual election and by acclamation made Margaret their new president. Mother, I'm just thrilled. President of the community club. The first woman ever to hold that office. You'll be president one day, too. Oh. And after you, Peggy. Now, what are you doing? Starting a dynasty? <laughs> Why not? You know, Granny, I thought it was typical of you in your first words as president to talk about purpose. You and purpose. You and willpower. Louie, where are you driving us? Aren't we going home? Well, in honor of your election, I'm going to take you to the Warwick Hotel and treat you to a champagne supper. Oh, I'm past the days of champagne. But I would enjoy some chicken salad. Sweet of you, Louie. Well, I'm glad, dear, to hear you say you'd like something to eat. You haven't been eating nearly enough lately. Oh, as long as I feel as good as I do, I... Oh. I hope you, you won't find your duties as president too exhausting. I won't find them anything but stimulating. Don't you worry about me. Hello, Louis. What is Granny teaching Peggy now? Bach? Oh, I thought that since becoming president of the club, she'd taper off on Peggy, but she's still as interested in the child as ever. You look worried, darling. Are you? Yes, a little. Harry has a fever. Dr. Farley's coming to see him. Well, it's probably only a cold. Probably. But I don't like to see a cold develop. And I'll go up and see him. Granny, let's, let's oh. move you over to that armchair. I, I'm all right now. Oh, something came over me. Sort of weakness. I feel perfectly all right now. Louis, I wonder if some hot water with a little brandy and sugar in it. That's a good idea. I'll get it. No, Louis, no. Thank you. I, I feel perfectly all right. Uh, Mother, Dr. Farley is coming to see Harry. Let him see you, too. He can see me socially, but not professionally. Oh, Mother, you and your objections to doctors. I have no objections to doctors for people who need them. Darling, you've been losing weight lately. It's fashionable to lose weight. Well, I'll answer it. Hello? Yes, Mrs. Cagle, this is Peggy. Oh, yes, she's right here. Oh, Granny, it's for you, Mrs. Cagle. Uh, 
Thank you. Yes, Grace. Oh, the meeting at 10 tomorrow morning. I'll be there. Yes, I'll see you at 10 in the morning. Good night, Grace. Doctor, I knew his fever wasn't too high, but I thought it best for you to look at him. All he has is a heavy cold. With this prescription and rest, he'll be out of bed in three or four days. Well, I, I'm actually more concerned about Mother. I enjoyed chatting with her. She had a fainting spell just before you came. Yes, I could see she had something. Could you, Doctor? Yes. Well, on general impression, what do you think of her? She ought to have a good checkup. The tone of her skin isn't good. She won't go to doctors. She won't take medicines. This time, though, Doctor, will you at least try reasoning with her? Well, I'll try. Margaret, over the mantelpiece there, that's your college degree, isn't it? Bachelor of Arts at St. Mary's. Dear St. Mary's. I've been looking around for your medical degree. My medical degree? Oh, I thought you had one. You know so much about medicine. I know nothing about medicine. Then why don't you take my word for it that a checkup is just what you need? God wants us to take reasonable care of our health, you know. Some people take too much care of their health. That's true. But you don't take care of yours at all. I feel absolutely no need for going to a hospital for a three-day checkup. You've lost weight. You've become pale. You're not eating well. I don't like all this fluttering and flurrying about health. Margaret, it is a fine example you're setting your grandchildren. You teach them this and you teach them that and you teach them very well. But you don't teach them by example to take proper care of their God-given bodies. Mary and Louis teach them that. Do you want your grandchildren to become eccentrics about health like you? I love my grandchildren, and I'm not an eccentric about my health. Yes, you are, Margaret. I am not. It was through her love for those children and her pride in what they thought of her that Dr. Farley finally succeeded in appealing to her. Just to prove that she was not an eccentric, she went to the hospital. <laughs> oh, Peggy, darling, what's the matter? Mother, I'm worried about Granny. But she'll be home tomorrow. She's only gone for a checkup. You think she's all right? Well, that's what we're hoping to find out, dear. Mother, she's always been so good to me. Well, you've always been good to her. Your feeling about each other is a joy to me, darling. No, Mother, I, I think she's lonesome. You mean she misses Grandfather? Yes, and I, I think all her activities are meant to cover it up. Well, she doesn't give in to herself, I know that. Mother, I have the strangest feeling about her. What do you mean, dear? I think something's wrong with her. Her color isn't natural anymore. The doctor noticed that, too. She has only one fault, Peggy. Yes, I know. She won't see doctors and she won't take medicine. Well, she's seeing doctors now at last. Let's hope and pray for the best. I've been saying the whole rosary for her every day. Fifteen decades. I'm going to tell her that. No, don't, Mother. I'm going to tell her. She'll think it's wonderful of you. Oh. 
Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Louis. Well, Doctor, what's the report on Granny Tolliver? Well, Louis, I... Oh, sit down, Mary, please. Sit down, Louis. Doctor, you... you hesitated. Have you good people ever heard of St. Peregrine? Well, I'm afraid I haven't. Have you, Mary? Well, I, I think I recall vaguely something about him. Well, in this case of your mother's, St. Peregrine is the patron you should begin invoking. Well, why, Doctor? Is mother in need of special prayer? Special prayer and an operation. An operation? For what, Doctor? Cancer. Oh, Louis. Louis. Oh, Mary, I'm terribly sorry. Let's listen to Dr. Farley. Well, the tests indicate that Mrs. Tolliver has a tumor on her large intestine. But, Doctor, will an operation be successful? I think the chances of the operation succeeding are reasonably good. Your mother has a good, strong heart and a good, strong, basic constitution. When should we tell her, Doctor? Today or tomorrow. I'd like her to return to the hospital this coming weekend. So soon? The sooner the better. Would you want us to tell her, Doctor? Or would you? I think I should do it. Doctor, exactly who is St. Peregrine? He was at first a hot-headed, not particularly pious Italian nobleman in the 13th century. He was converted to holy living by St. Philip Benizzi. He became a priest. At one period during his life, he suffered from a horrible cancer of the foot. The night before the surgeon was going to amputate it, St. Peregrine dreamed that our crucified Lord stretched out his hand and touched the foot. In the morning when he awoke, it was completely cured. Both during his life and after his death, Peregrine was a wonder worker, like St. Anthony. People ask his help today, especially in cases of cancer and running sores. So ask him to help, Mrs. Tolliver. Pray for a good, clean, successful operation. Pray that we'll find the cancer localized. If it's localized, our chances of removing all of it are good. Doctor, I don't care whether the chances are good or not. I refuse to return to that hospital. I refuse to be cut open by a surgeon's knife. Margaret, if somebody told you there was a time bomb in the basement of this house which was going off in an hour, what would you do? You'd leave the house and notify the police. Well, cancer is something like a time bomb. You can't ignore it. No hospital again for me. No operation, no knife. Instead of going to the hospital, I'll, I'll go to Lourdes. You'll go to Lourdes? I've never been there. Now I have a reason to go. I'll pray to be cured. Margaret, Lourdes is a wonderful place. But you know our church's teaching as well as I do. God wants us to try natural and human means as well as supernatural ones. You know that. I know my religion as well as you do. I shall go to Lourdes. Margaret Tolliver, you're the most stubborn, the most eccentric woman I've ever met. Calling me an eccentric this time isn't going to win your argument I'm for I'm not you. trying to win an argument. I'm trying to save your life. I appreciate that, Doctor. But I think I'll see what Lord will do for me. Four weeks ago, on a round trip by airplane, Margaret Tolliver, diagnosed as having cancer left for Europe and Lourdes. Instead of consenting to an operation, she decided that she would ask for a miracle. In addition to Lourdes, she also visited London, Paris, and Rome. And then she came home. Go 
Come in. Hello, Granny. Hello, Louie. I thought I'd just drop in and, well... I haven't been very sociable since I came home, have I? Well, you're tired, I suppose. It's a big trip. All by yourself, too. Now, I admire your gumption. I'm sure you don't admire anything else about me. I admire many things about you. Especially the interest you take in the children. I've lost my interest in the children. And everything. I went to Lourdes and nothing happened. Now I don't care what happens. I have a thing inside me that's eating me. What good was Lourdes? Granny, please listen to me. I think you went to Lourdes with a wrong motive. Dr. Farley said the same thing. I don't wish to hear any more about it. And another thing, Granny. You spent more time in London, Paris, and Rome than you spent in Lourdes. I wanted to see London and Paris and Rome once again before I died. But Granny, why not have your operation? Get your health back and then go to London and Paris and Rome again and really enjoy yourself. You want me to die in the operation. That's what you want. You don't want me around here. I'm a sick old lady and you're tired of me. Mother. Mother, I heard what you said. I think you're being unfair to Louis. Granny's tired, Mary. I... No, she didn't mean what she said. You both want me to be operated on. Yes, Mother dear, we do. But don't say it as if we were wrong in wanting it. This is a very unhappy conversation. Do you want us to leave, Granny? Yes, please. For the time being. Louis. What do you think Mother's trouble really is? Well, I think she's frightened. Mother frightened? She's always been such a believer in willpower, determination, courage. I know, I know, but I I think she's always been frightened about anything medical. You know, some people are frightened by high places. Some are frightened by doctors and doctors' offices, hospitals, operating rooms, medicine bottles, anything medical. I, I may be wrong, but... That's what I suspect. I see no other explanation. But if that is the explanation, what are we going to do? I'll keep on invoking St. Peregrine. Are you doing that? I certainly am. That's good of you, Louis. Well, you're doing it, aren't you? Oh, every hour of the day. Which one of the prayers, the booklet, do you say? Every one of them, but I like one of them especially. Let me get it. Here it is. O God, who gavest to St. Peregrine an angel for his companion, the mother of God for his teacher, and Jesus for the physician of his malady, grant, we beseech thee, through his merits, that we may on earth intensely love our holy angel, the Blessed Virgin, and our Savior, and in heaven bless them forever. Grant that we may receive the favor for which we now petition. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. The next afternoon, shortly after Peggy came home from school. Mother, Mother Granny isn't in her room. She isn't even in the house. She what? I looked for her in the park, too, but she wasn't there. Oh, merciful heaven. Mother, is she well enough to go out? No, no, dear, she isn't. She's getting weaker every day. Where could she be? Wait. Wait. 
Oh. Oh, when you're upset, you don't think straight. I thought that ambulance was bringing Granny here. Oh, Peggy, where can she be? Who are you calling, Mother? I'm calling your father. Hello, Miss Adams. Could I speak with Mr. Weiner, please? Louie, dear, Mother has gone out. Where do you think she might be? Oh, I never thought of that. Well, well, let me hang up and I'll phone there. Your father says try the community club. Hello? Hello, is that Mrs. Gannon? Oh, this is Mary Winant. Is my mother at the club? Oh. No, 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 thank you. Don't disturb her, please. Goodbye. She's presiding at a committee meeting. Isn't she something? Peggy, I wonder if you could do what your father and I and Dr. Farley have failed to do. What's that, Mother? Talk her into that operation. She needs it desperately, dear. If she has it, she may live a long, happy, useful old age. And if she doesn't have it, she will suffer. And we'll lose her sooner than, than God may want us to lose her. Will you try, darling? I'll try, Mother, of course. Only, what shall I say to her? Pray to St. Peregrine. Pray to him to help you say the right thing. And if you say the right thing to Mother, you can reach her mind. You can reach her heart. Hello, Granny. How is the committee meeting? I'm upset about it. Didn't go well at all. Someone spoke too sharply, said the wrong things, annoyed all the ladies. Oh, that's too bad. That someone was the president of the club, Peggy. I don't know what's come over me. Granny. Granny, if you'll just let the doctors operate on you... They'll make you better again, and then, see, then the committee meetings won't be a strain on you. We'll all be happy again. I never thought you were worrying about me. But I am, Granny. I don't want to lose you. You know what? It's a secret. I'm afraid. Afraid of what, Granny? Operations. Oh, now, you're not afraid of anything. So you think an operation might help me to be a better chairman, do you? What I want, Granny, is not to lose you. All right, darling. If you want me to go, I'll go. On the morning of the operation on Mrs. Tolliver, at the hour of the operation, Mary, Louie, and Peggy Winant are in the chapel of the hospital. St. Peregrine. Pray for St. Peregrine, converted by the prayers of St. Philip Benizzi. Pray for St. Peregrine, afflicted with a cancerous growth. Pray for St. Peregrine, completely cured by the outstretched hand of Jesus crucified. Pray for St. Peregrine, who performed many miracles in your lifetime. Pray for us. 
Mary. Yes, Doctor. I've just come from the operating room. Your mother's doing fine. It was a clean operation. Her heartbeat is good. Her pulse is good. Her breathing's good. Oh. I think she'll recover splendidly. I have to see another patient now. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, St. Peregrine. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear lady. Thank you, St. Peregrine. Amen. Amen. Thanks to many good influences, including that of St. Peregrine, the patron saint of those who have cancer, Mrs. Tolliver had her operation, and she is now well. She is active in promoting not only the fame of St. Peregrine, but also this important thought. If you have the slightest fear that you may have cancer, you should go to your doctor about it at once. There is no cure for cancer yet, but doctors know now much more about it than they used to. And in many cases, they can either treat it or remove it from the human body. Support this intelligent approach to the cancer problem. And pray to St. Peregrine that others will support it too. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymore for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.